For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post-game show. I'm your host, Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Thanks for rocking with us after the Dodgers lose the second game of the series to the Minnesota Twins. A final score of 5-1. to one. Minnesota snaps the Dodgers' six-game winning streak. And tonight, nothing went right for LA. Four times in this game, they had a leadoff double and only cast in once. And it was in the bottom of the fifth inning. And even that inning, it was a play that center fielder could have made on that Freddie Freeman singles. So we're going to break down tonight Clayton Kershaw. He didn't have his best stuff. He wasn't as sharp as we've seen Kershaw this season, but still he went out there and battled. He went out there and grinded, gave his team a chance to win, and still seven punch outs in four innings, still generated tons of swing and miss, had 17 swinging strikes, but lots of three ball counts, lots of high counts, did have some missed pitches there. So he wasn't as sharp as we've seen Kershaw. So we're going to break down his outing. We're going to talk about this game. We're also going to talk about Walker Buehler because he's spoke to reporters today and he had some very interesting things to say about a possible return at the beginning of September. So that really is kind of my biggest takeaway from today. But yeah, the Dodgers, they lose to the Twins, a frustrating game, a game where it felt like nothing was going right. And Craig Osterberg, top of the show, says no Will Smith, no victory. Yeah, that is something that I think it's very interesting to discuss. If you know the Dodgers record this season, it's like 19 and 5. It's an unbelievable record when he's in the lineup. And that's going to be one of the pressing questions moving on because he is a 
game-changing player. He is a difference maker. It's not about is he the best hitting catcher in baseball. Is, is he one of the best hitters in baseball, period? And they missed his bat in the lineup tonight. I've said it for a couple days now that if Will Smith is going to sit, it's going to impact his lineup in a big, big way. You saw that tonight. They were only able to get one run across. If you look at the clutch hitting, they go 2-for-12 with runners in scoring position. They left nine Dodgers on base. So, yeah, not having Will Smith in the lineup is painful. And my solution to it, guys, don't bring up a problem unless you have an idea for a solution. And I think it's pretty simple. J.D. Martinez is a guy that, yes, he's had some nice quality at bats of late, had the big three-run home run, had the game-tying home run, the game-tying single yesterday. And, yes, he definitely needs to get his at-bats, and they signed him for a reason. But still, this is a guy that you want to have in October. You want him in the postseason. You want to keep him fresh. This is a guy that got injured and hurt his back just running to first base against the Chicago Cubs. So I think it's pretty easy that if Austin Barnes is going to be behind the plate, who at this point, I don't know if I'd rather see Kershaw bat than Austin Barnes at times. I think maybe you strongly consider that anytime he's going to be behind the dish, that you give J.D. Martinez a rest day, and then you have Will Smith in the lineup. Because last year, Will Smith, 25 games, he was at the DH spot, and he was even better batting DH than he was behind the plate. His offense actually ticked up. So, yeah, we'll start there, but let me know down below in the comment section, what are your big takeaways from the Dodgers? 5-1 to one loss to the Minnesota Twins. LA, their record falls to 27-16, and 16, still the best record in the National League, still in first place in the NL West, ahead of the Arizona Diamondbacks by two and a half games. But guys, it was a loss tonight, but we're still looking for that Dodgers Nation comment of the night. If I see a comment of the night, you're going to see one of these. If you give me a fire take, doesn't mean I have to agree with it, but any hot, scorching, spicy takes, you're going to see one of these. Fire take. If you say something that's a little sus, that's a little out of pocket, you might see one of these. Bruh. And also, too, even in a loss, I'm looking for that Dodgers dog of the night. Dodger dog of the game. But let's jump into the comment section. We're going to break down this game. We're going to go inning by inning, and we're going to find out what happened tonight. But here we go. Biggest takeaway, the pen held up, all things considered. That's from Anthony Keene. Yeah, I mean, you got to give this bullpen credit. I think you saw some gutsy performances, especially after last night when the bullpen was heavily taxed. Phil Bigford, he went out there, pitched a career high. He was able to bounce back and give this team a chance to win. And, and yeah, I mean, they're set back. I mean, when you only get four innings from Noah Syndergaard, when you only get four innings from Clayton Kershaw, who in his previous start after the bullpen was taxed, after Noah Blistergaard had his issue, they were able to cover eight innings and get 24 outs. Well, same situation is presented today, but the only difference is Kershaw wasn't able to go seven innings. And of course, that is the plan. That's what he wanted to do. But sometimes it just isn't your night. It's not like he got chased. It's not like he got rocked or anything like that. It's just he wasn't able to be efficient out there on the mound. He threw 47 pitches after just two innings. And at that point, you knew it was going to be a long night for this Dodgers bullpen. But hey, other than the two-run home run to Farmer late in the game. They still had a shot to win. Justin Brule kind of just leaves one up. And, yeah, Farmer, he just he's getting his revenge series against his Dodgers team. But, yeah, for the most part, I think the bullpen, they did this. They gave this team a chance to win. And, look, if you look at the Minnesota Twins tonight, I mean, everyone likes to talk about, of course, the Dodgers stranding a small village with runners in scoring position. Yeah, they go two for 12 on the night. But if you look at the Minnesota Twins, they end up going from one, with runners in scoring position five for 18, five 
five for 18 for the Twins. Left twin, 10 Twins on base. So here we go. Let's jump back into the comment section. What are your big takeaways? What are your thoughts on Kershaw's outing tonight? Yeah, it just wasn't his best night. And you could see from early on, he just wasn't able to be efficient. But here we go. We got, I love you, D-Mac. I love you back, Alexander Z. Thanks for rocking with us. Strider, here you. I haven't seen you in a while. Strider, here you won 20. D-Mac, winning streak snapped. Oh, well, it happened. Shake it off. Dodgers will figure it out. Yeah, the big, most important thing is you have Dustin May on the bump tomorrow going against a Sonny Gray who has pitched fantastic so far this season. He's keeping the ball in the yard. And, yeah, it always seems like he's pitching in those day games at Dodger Stadium. And I think the big question, now is if you're this Dodgers team where do you get some coverage because yeah I mean you need some innings out of your starters and they're going to need six seven innings hopefully at the very least six from Dustin May tomorrow and I have faith that he will be able to give it to him because you know Dylan Covey he's on the taxi squad today he wasn't active, but I think there's a solid chance to the fact that Kershaw only went four innings that you might see him tomorrow. Of course, local kid from Pasadena. He's had his cup of coffee in the show. He's 31 years old. So hopefully he's able to go out there and perform if they call upon him. And yeah, I mean, if you look at this Dodgers team, I mean, they are playing a lot of games consecutively. I mean, they do not have an off day until... May 25th. So that's Thursday. They don't have an off day. So I think with Noah Syndergaard's blister issues, you definitely want to get some length out of this bullpen. And Gavin Stone could be the move, especially if you have your doubts about Noah Syndergaard. You give Gavin Stone another opportunity to come up and pitch at this level. And Stone tonight in his start 24 swings, swinging misses, had 10 strikeouts. The fastball velo was up. It was through the roof. So, yeah, Gavin Stone, I think he deserves another opportunity. He's a stone's throw away, and I think that you definitely call him up if you have any doubt about Noah Syndergaard. So, yeah, give me your thoughts on that. Where, where are they going to get the coverage at from this bullpen? We got get rid of Roberts from Careless Whisper. We got some rando. Biggest takeaway, Joey Gallo looked fixed. Yeah, Joey Gallo was always is going to be the beneficiary the beneficiary of one of these new rules and yeah give him a lot of credit I mean he's a guy that's gone through a lot playing for these mega franchises the Yankees the Dodgers and yeah he was an all-star a few years ago and one of the more, more prolific sluggers in the game but yeah Joey Gallo definitely looks a lot better today goes two for four so yeah Joe Gallo I mean give him a lot of credit I mean he's really starting to turn his career around I mean, he's still hitting just above 200 but the OPS at 886 nine home runs 21 RBIs on the year so yeah he was never going to be a real option for the Dodgers I don't think I mean he saw you saw the deal he signed yeah, you got to give the Twins a lot of credit for signing him on that deal. And I think it's a good situation for him. I mean, a one-year, $11 million contract, not a lot of pressure, trying to really reestablish himself and hopefully get himself a better contract. we got Dieter Rule played bang on the drum all day, and I saw the sign when Correa was bang. That's from Michael. I actually spoke to Dieter Rule when I was uh, in the press box not uh, a few days ago, and actually we were talking about that, and I was telling him about playing, uh, playing that uh, I saw the sign 
with Correa. So, yeah, it's great to see him. You know, that's how he kind of works. He doesn't like to do too much stuff that's on the nose like that, but sometimes you just have to do it. And it was merciless booing of Carlos Correa. And, yeah, I mean, he's definitely, I mean, maybe Barry Bonds, but I don't think that with Barry Bonds it was this much vitriol. It was this much hatred. I mean, look, I've been in left field, and I've been one of those guys booing at the top of my lungs when Bonds was in there, but I think this runs a little deeper. I just have to admit that because I think with Barry Bonds, even with the steroids, even with the hatred, even the fact that he was a villain, there was this level of somewhat respect because you didn't see him as the cheater that Carlos Correa has already admitted to being, but yeah, I mean, yeah, start breaking down this game a little bit, and let's uh, head to your comments. Looking for some comments of the night, guys. Bring that fire. We got Dodgers had five or six hitters hitting under 220. Yeah, the lineup today... I mean, Will Smith not in that lineup. I mean, Joe, Joe, James Outman, he continues to struggle in this one. I mean, he goes 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Mookie Betts, he's another one of the guys who he had a leadoff double in this one that they weren't able to cash in on. I mean, to bottom of the first inning, he gets a leadoff double to left. Freddie, he fouls to third. Hayward walks. Then Muncie fouls the catcher. And then Martinez fouls out. So they had a great opportunity to start this game on a strong note and get ahead early and strike for his blood, but they were unable to. Freddie Freeman is continuing to hit, though. He goes two for three tonight. Got the Dodgers only RBI there in the bottom of the fifth inning. But yeah, you look at that fourth inning. Max Muncy, leadoff double. Then Martinez, he singled to left. Muncy goes to third. Outman strikes out, swinging on a changeup away. And it was a very bizarre play there in the bottom of the fourth inning. So he had runners on the corners, two outs. Rojas at the plate. First pitch to J.D. Martinez. or The first pitch to Rojas, J.D. Martinez, who had just hit a single. He takes off, and he's trying to get hung up there between first and second to try to score Muncy from third. And he does draw the throw, but they easily were able to get Muncie out at the plate for the third out. So that was very strange, especially with Rojas starting to have more, have the ability to put his bat on the ball with more regularity. So I think in that situation, I'm interested to see what they asked Doc about, what his response was to that one, because J.D. Martinez, who's definitely not one of the, one of the slowest players in the league, not a guy known for his base running. Yeah, even if you are able to get in a pickle, it's just very unlikely to score in that situation. So, yeah, and Rojas, he ended up going one for four, got another hit tonight. So, yeah, they weren't able to score in that inning, the fourth inning. And then you jump to the bottom of the fifth inning. Miguel Rojas, he gets a leadoff double. So, not a single, an actual double. Some slugging from Miggy Rowe. And Dodgers hit, had a leadoff double in three of the first five innings. And after that, Austin Barnes, he flies to left for the first out. Mookie, he grounds to short for the second out. And then Freddie Freeman, 0-2 count. He singles to center to score Rojas to make it 3-1. to And on that play, Taylor, the outfielder for the Twins, he's charging. He had his glove on it and it just popped out. So, even even in that situation, he was close to making that play, and we could be talking about the Dodgers getting shut out despite having leadoff doubles in four of nine innings tonight. So, yeah, definitely was a frustrating night from the Dodgers offense. You jump to the bottom of the seventh inning. This is really where the Dodgers had a real opportunity to get back in this one. The score was still 3-1. to one. David Peralta, he hits a leadoff double to left center. Fourth leadoff double of the game there in the seventh inning, and the next batter 
there. Rojas, he grounds to second for the first out. And then Peralta, he advances to third. And then 3-2 pitch to Austin Barnes. Fastball, 98 miles per hour down the pipe. And he swings and misses for the second out. So Austin Barnes just looked overmatched there. Fastball challenged him right down the middle. And he just wasn't able to make contact. The next batter with two outs. Mookie Betts, he draws a two-out walk. Next batter, Freddie Freeman, he draws a two-out walk. And then with two outs, bases loaded, Doc elects to pinch hit for Hayward with Chris Taylor. And 1-0 pitch, he flies to center for the third out. Kind of just came in on him, wasn't able to get on the sweet spot, wasn't able to barrel that up and find a way to get a base hit to score some runs. And that situation, didn't love the at-bat. 1-0 pitch, he's swinging there. I think you might want to work that count, take some pitches. Good things could happen. Happen. But yeah, it just wasn't the Dodgers night offensively. But let's jump into the comment section. What is the biggest reason why the Dodgers lost tonight? Let me know. Rojas deserves to be a Dodger dog of the game. There you go, Daniel Reyes. I like that. I'll give I'll give him some Dodger dog of the game love. Dodger dog of the game. Because defensively, he made some outstanding plays. I mean, watching him play defense is an absolute treat. And you saw on display today making big plays. Miguel Rojas. The fact that, yeah, I mean, he's always going to provide value with his defense. And, yeah, I mean, top of the fifth inning with Taylor at the plate, two outs, runner on second, a one-two count. He grounded to short, and Rojas made an incredible play there. Backhand sliding, gets up, makes the throw to get Taylor, who is a very fast runner. So, yeah, I think Miguel Rojas, he's quietly starting to get together. Since he's returned from the IL, he's hitting better. His defense actually looks better. He's looking more mobile out there. So, is definitely a bright spot. There's no question about that. Miguel Rojas is not going to be Willie Adamas. He's not going to be Tim Anderson. He's not going to be an elite shortstop, but he can be serviceable and he can provide value for this team. We got Strider here. You DMAC. I'm still PT with Cindergard. Once the blister heals, I hope he starts pitching well. He really has good stuff, DMAC. Yes, Strider here. You. I think for him, it's just a work in progress. I think the biggest key to his success is the command, and the command was better in his four innings. He has to locate that two seamer, that sinker, stay off the heart of the plate, work the edges there, and then try to get. The the depth on that changeup. Try to mix in that curveball and just go out there and hope for two runs. Hope for three runs. You don't have to go out there and try to be an all-star, a Cy Young winner. And I think as long as he kind of lowers the expectations and he looks himself in the mirror and is a little more honest with his ability at this stage of his career, I think that is going to go a long way. Because look, there's nothing wrong with being a serviceable number four or number five starter in this league. I said before the season started when there was a lot of hype around Cinder when he was still saying that maybe he can throw 99 miles per hour and he actually did a story with the LA Times where he talked about how he, he thinks there's a mental block and he still is unable to throw at full capacity because he's dealing with some mental issues that are preventing that. So maybe there is a chance he can unlock that. I have my doubts, but like I told you at the beginning of the season, I wasn't expecting him to be an all-star. I wasn't expecting Love and Thunder Thor. I said that he's going to be serviceable at the very best. I didn't think it was going to be a bust, but hopefully he can eat innings. But tough night. Luckily, we play early tomorrow. That's from Michael Almeida over on Facebook. Call up Stoner now for Mr. Seabad. Yeah, you guys want to see Stoner once again? Are you high on Stoner? Let me know down below. Oscar Tora love Kirsch, but it's time he starts to realize that he needs to pitch to Smith. He is bat means so much to this squad. I know he has requested Barnes to catch for him, but Barnes, it just is just done with the bat. Yeah, look, I mean, Austin Barnes, there's look, there's no question about it. Austin Barnes, 
He has been struggling mightily at the plate. Every now and then you'll see he'll get his clutch single early last year. He had a home run surge early on, hitting four home runs early in the season. But yeah, offensively, he does not provide much hitting less than 100. I mean, he's a negative WRC plus player. It was minus seven the last time I checked, and that number is only going down. So, yeah, there is that. But also, too, Will Smith, I think it doesn't get mentioned enough, but Will Smith has caught Clayton Kershaw, and the numbers actually were trending in the right direction. So, look, the reality, though, is that if Austin Barnes is not going to be catching Clayton Kershaw, then, yeah, if he's not going to catch Kersh, what value does he have for this team? What value does he provide? Because it's certainly not going to be as a hitter, and we know that this pitching staff, they love throwing to Austin Barnes. Another big issue tonight, four stolen bases for the Minnesota Twins, and a lot of those definitely were on the pitchers. Shelby Miller didn't do a good job holding runners tonight but Austin Barnes if you look at his arm that is definitely not the skill that he brings as a catcher his biggest skill is calling a game it's framing it's getting that strike at the bottom of the zone it is not the cannon and you know Will Smith he has a cannon you know Will Smith has one of the strongest arms and that really is his strength defensively as a catcher so In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Yeah, I think that definitely something needs to be said about that because look, it at least sit into a room, Dave Roberts, Andrew Friedman and company, and you find a way, how do we get Will Smith in the lineup as much as humanly possible? Because a bat like that in his absolute prime, you need him in the game. So, and you saw tonight, I mean, they struggled. We struggled in the clutch. They struggled to generate runs. And I think that is going to be a conversation that is going to grow. Now, last season, you bring up Will Smith. Last season, Will Smith caught Clayton Kershaw nine games, 47 innings, had a 2 ERA throwing to Smitty. You compare that to Austin Barnes. Austin Barnes was behind the dish to catch King Kirsch 13 games. He threw 79 in the third innings, had a 2-3-8 ERA. So Will Smith's catching of Clayton Kershaw last year. And of course, you got to take that with a grain of salt. It's more complex than that. You look at the matchups, you look at the teams that he faced, but still the reality is if you look at the numbers, Opponents hit 188 with Will Smith behind the dish compared to 217 with Austin Barnes. The OPS was lower with Will Smith. So, yeah, Will Smith has proved that he can catch Clayton Kershaw. And I think Kersh realized, like we saw in the postseason, that, yeah, you need Smitty's bat in the lineup. Yeah, we'll talk about Kershaw's outing coming up right here, but let's jump into the comments section. We got the center guard is Cinderella. His days of playing baseball are over. Become a linguistic bro. DKM, that's a. That's kind of a fire take because it's kind of 
It's kind of hardcore, but I appreciate you always rock with us, my man. We got Adrian Francisco over on YouTube, 5 USD, hooking it up. That's going to the Shohei Fund. That's going to, I'm, I could buy a Little Caesars pizza cash with that. All cash, don't even need a receipt. You keep the change. We got Dodger Dog, Miguel Rojas. Nothing gets past him other than pitches. He did have a leadoff double today, but he leaves it all out there on defense. That's from Adrian Francisco over on YouTube. Yeah, that's a comment of the night for sure. Presented by our friends over at Hornitos. Hornitos premium tequila. Best tequila in the game. Please drink responsibly. But that is our comment of the night, or at least our first one. I could be our second or third. I lost count at this point. But that is brought to you by our friends over at Hornitos. But yeah, look, the reality is in this day and age, you don't have a DH. You have a potent lineup that has a lot of depth when they're clicking when they're firing on all cylinders so yeah i think like i said like i said before the season he does provide value he is a top five to ten shortstop defensively last year 15 defensive runs saved he was up there with some of the league leaders so even at the age of 34 he can still range he can still make the throws he still makes highlight catches and look it's a treat to watch miguel rojas play defense and after watching trey turner especially in the nlds against the san diego padres where his air in game two with Bruce Dark Gratera on the mound really cost him that game. And you saw even later in that series when he's out in left field and he's trying to make a play at balls that are the left fielders. So, yeah, after watching Trey Turner play the position, it wasn't that fun to watch. So going from Trey Turner defensively to Miguel Rojas defensively, it definitely has been a pleasant sight, especially since Rojas has returned from the I.L. We've got Anthony Keene. Dieter makes you think sometimes with his song choices. Very clever dude. Yeah, Anthony Anthony Keene, for sure, for sure. I mean, he's the best in the game, period, point blank. He is elite. We got Diane Schroeder. The Dodgers are either hot or cold, no in-between. Diane Schroeder, yeah, look, that is pretty much what you're going to get with this team. I think it has incrementally got better, and they are showing they can win with different ways. You don't always need to slug yesterday. Yesterday, they got up to a big league. You saw multiple home runs. We also saw base hits. J.D. Martinez singles late in that game to tie the game. Phil Bigford, he steps up in a big spot. You saw early in the season, Peralta, he gets a walk-off with a single. So it's not always about the slug. But, yeah, this team, if you look at their – over 50% of their runs have come via the home run ball. So this organization, they don't want to give up outs. And there were a couple scenarios tonight where, yeah, they could have gone small ball. They could have tried to get that runner across and – try to get one run at a time, but they don't want to give up outs. They want to play for the big inning, and it has worked in the past, so they're going to stick with that formula, but I also think you're seeing them mix in the stolen base more. You're seeing them give up at-bats a little more with guys like Peralta and Rojas, kind of towards the bottom of the lineup, but yeah, kind of jumping to the top of the game here, guys. We're going to talk about Top of the first inning, Solano 2-1 pitch. He doubled to left. And the next batter, Carlos Correa. I see a lot of people saying Carlos Correa is terrible this season. Hey, the man's playing with one leg, okay? For a guy playing with one leg, he's a pretty good baseball player. And I'm just messing with you. But uh, he struck out Correa on three pitches, a slider inside corner for the first out. Just a fantastic pitch right there by Kirsch. And the next batter, 1-2 pitch. He punches out Buxton with a curveball top of the zone for the second out. And then 0-2 pitch 
to Farmer with runners on runners on second. He singles to left to score Solano to give them an early one nothing lead. So the Twins they scratch first blood and the next batter three one pitch to Kirilov. He hits him a little HBP there and then he gets Jeffers to pop to third for the third out. So leadoff double to Solano, a base hit to Farmer, and the Twins take an early one nothing lead. But really the big issue that inning was twenty three pitches from Clayton Kershaw getting that pitch count up early on and yeah you saw some foul balls you saw some quick outs but yeah I mean the kind of the the one to uh, Kirilov when they hit by a pitch just kind of lost command there fell behind in the count and then you jump to top of the second inning 2-2 pitch he gets Taylor swinging with a curveball for the first out and the next batter 2-2 pitch to Joey Gallo he gets him to pop to short for the second out and then 1-1 to Castro he singles on a slider that he leaves middle middle and then Castro steals second and then 1-2 pitch to Solano, he reaches on an infield single. So that was one of the takeaways early on was three of the five hits that he had given up had exit velo of 66 miles per hour off the bat or less. So some improbable, unlucky, fluky hits against Kershaw early on and then also taking advantage of the stolen base. So Castro, he steals second and then next batter, one-two pitch to Solano. He reached on that infield single and with runners on the corners to Correa, a one-two pitch. He strikes him out with a curveball, bottom of the zone. So hey, it's not as easy to hit without trash can banging Carlos. So yeah, that that was a big strikeout there, but 24 pitches there in the second frame for King Kirsch, 47 through two. And then you jump to top of the third inning. Buxton reaches on an infield single. There's another example, not hard contact. He's able to reach. And then a 2-2 pitch to Farmer. He gets him with a curveball inside corner, gets the punch out. And then Buxton, he steals second, so another stolen base. And then Kirlov grounds to first. Buxton, he advances to second. And then one two pitch to Jeffers. He struck him out looking on a fastball inside corner. So yeah, Kershaw definitely battled tonight. He wasn't his best stuff, I think. Of course, condolences to Kershaw. Of course, he was dealing with the passing of his mom. So it can't be easy, that's for sure. And yeah, I mean, top of the fourth inning, he walks Taylor on the sixth pitch of the at-bat, 3-2 count. He misses with a four-seam fastball, bottom of the zone. And then Joey Gallo with a runner on first. He singles to right. Really nice at-bat there by Gallo. Kirsch was up 0-2. And they hit those three straight balls to low the count. Then on the sixth pitch, four-seam fastball, kind of left it center cut there. and He's able to single. And the next batter with runners on first and second, Castro, he singles to left, scoring Taylor to make it 2 nothing Twins. And the next batter, Kirsch was able to strike out Solano with runners on first and second. Filthy slider for the second, for the, uh, for the first out. And then, thankfully, gets the pitcher's best friend with Carlos Correa. So Carlos Correa at the plate, 2-2 two -two count. And he fouls off the slider on the fifth pitch. On the sixth pitch of the at-bat, he grounds into an inning-ending double play. So they get one run on two hits. And then Shelby Miller, yeah, I mean, he goes two innings. But Miller comes in, and really what hurt him, too, stolen bases. He walks Buxton. He steals second. Farmer grounds to first for the 
First down, then he hits Kirloff. Another big takeaway, too. Two hit-by-pitches by the Dodgers today. One by Kirsch and one by Shelby Miller. And the next batter, Jeffers hits a sack. He sack right, had a sack right ground about to first base, scoring Buxton to make it 3 nothing Minnesota. So, yeah, not a great, prolific offense by this Minnesota Twins team, but they did it with some small ball. They did it with some base running, and the Dodgers offense, they just did not hold up to their end of the bargain. But coming up, we're going to talk about yeah, here's some comments about James Altman. Diane Schroeder says James Altman is cold as ice. Yeah, James Altman is definitely going through a slump. Make no mistake about it. That is why you saw he got a day off there. He wasn't in the lineup, and Doc even said that he texted James and he said, hey, maybe hit up a little bit of a reset. You see the way that a pitch are attacking him. He's getting a lot of high fastballs up and in. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. But yeah, I mean, look, this was inevitable. He wasn't going to hit 400 for the entire season. He is a rookie. And yeah, it's a part of the process of being a big leaguer is how do you deal with your slumps? How do you minimize your slumps? And that is what he's going through at the moment. Now, maybe he just needs a good night of sleep. Maybe he needs some rest. And if he does, I've got just the right thing for him. And that is uh, some Manta sleep. I mean, Manta sleep. If he needs a night of rest, I'm going to send one of these to James out. Manta Sleep. They make the world's best sleep masks and sleep accessories. Everything they do is to enable better lives through better sleep. They work relentlessly to improve and optimize sleep so that you can have the energy to live your best life. Check out MantaSleep.com today so you can sleep better anywhere, anytime. Get your Manta mask today. Use the code DN2023. So yeah, go pick one of those up. You'll be rested and ready to go. And yeah, James Alman, he's going to be fine. It is going to be a learning situation for him because look I mean that is what happens in the show you once you get hot once you put a lot of results on film like that that is what this league does best they scout you they find your weaknesses and right now he's struggling with velocity up in the zone so yeah he did make an adjustment a few weeks ago where they kind of widened his stance a little bit and yeah, I think the big key for him is how receptive he is to implementing any adjustments they're going to have, kind of working on that top hand, just trying to get the balls today. Some of his strikeouts, I mean, one of his strikeouts today was a changeup away. So, yeah, we got uh, that segue, though. Hey, man, I think, look, I mean, everyone needs a good night's sleep, Anthony Keene. But, yeah, look, let's kind of flush this one. Dodgers, they're going to be fine. I think tonight, like I said, I mean, how many times do you get four leadoff doubles and just get one run? It is a rare occurrence. So, yeah, I mean, some of the some of my Mitch a lot of half full takes today. Some of my Mitch a lot of half full takes. Some silver linings from tonight. One of the bright spots, Victor Gonzalez. He was in that game there in the seventh, facing the two, three, and four hitters of that potent Twins lineup with Carlos Correa. He was hearing some massive cheater chants in the background. One, two count Correa. He singles to left, a sinker that Vic Vigon just left up a little bit. And the next batter, Buxton, he grounded into a double play to second. 
Mookie almost turned the night, almost a double play. Mookie almost turned it, but Freddie, he could not hold on to it. So on that play, it looked like you were going to get a highlight double play. Mookie playing second tonight. They just couldn't make that play. And then he walks Farmer to give the Twins runners on first and second. And the next batter, he strikes out Kirilov swinging on a slider for the second out. And then he gets Jeffries to fly out for the third out. So, yeah, did a nice job bouncing back after giving up that leadoff single to Correa after they weren't able to make that play there on the ground out. So he did a nice job. Got to give him a lot of credit. And, yeah, I mean, look, Kershaw, we talked about his outing. Just not not vintage Kersh, no master class, but still he did not pitch poorly. He won't be happy with his start, but really it was the pitch count just getting away from him early. Did have some, mid- did have some misses, but the pitch count just went up. Just too many deeper counts early on, some foul balls, but did have some nice swing and miss. But, yeah, next thing I want to talk to you guys about is Walker Bueller. So we're going to talk about Walker Bueller in just a second, and we're going to dive into what he had to say but first here we go we got strider here you 120 guys james alman is technically a rookie give him time he'll be fine dkm Correa gets booed harder than george w shush that's from dkm we got craig osterberg soon teams will just walk mookie and freddie no one can hit their weight so yeah i mean look you need some more consistency up and down that lineup. That's why it is pivotal for guys like Miguel Vargas, guys that are more bat-to-ball style hitters, guys like David Peralta, to go in there and have some success. we got Antonio Curiel, just left the stadium. Tough loss, but I sat in front of this. So, yeah, I think what you're trying to say is, yeah, you had to watch this with your own eyes. We got the JD. That many leadoff doubles wasted is rough. Yeah, we've discussed that tonight. And, yeah, unfortunately, they just weren't able to get that big hit when they needed it. And they opted not to go with the small ball. And with the score like it was, a 3-1 to one game, you look at the this offense, you think, yeah, they should have the ability to find a way to bring those runners home and there were multiple instances. I think the seventh inning going with Chris Taylor, pinch hitting for Hayward, who is another guy that's starting to slump. So if you look at some of the guys that are slumping, Hayward, Outman, I mean, there's guys up and down this lineup that were trending in the right direction that now are battling through some things, and they're going to need it. Like I said, they won't have a day off until May 25th. Lots of road games, lots of games against the American League, and they're going to need guys to kind of shake this off so this team can continue their winning ways. we got Mr. Seabad, Miggy Rowe is starting to heat up. We got Miggy Rowe, LOL, from Swelling Sausage. David Sabatini, DMAC, uses words like most people use hair products. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one. Uh, that might be a little bruh, too. Uh, Will Smith needs to start every day. That's from Michael Bilgen over on YouTube. Dine Schroeder, I'm not going to be mad at Miggy Rowe. We got to Adrian looking at the positives. First and shortstop are solid. Not going to jinx third, but it's been solid there, too. Infield putting it together is major. That's from Adrian. Yeah, if you look at Muncie's defensive metrics, they're definitely below average. For him, if he's leading the league in home runs with four team, then you feel good about, hey, look, you got to look at the net positives with him playing third base and just trying to take the good with the bad. So I'm not against that. And I think, yeah, like you said, there are a lot, like if there's one position, there's one position on the diamond that you can say, hey, let's go glove first. It's shortstop, especially with the restricted shift. So Miguel Rojas, as long as he's respectable, if he's hitting above 250, look, you're not going to get OPS in the seven or 800 range. I mean, that'd be ideal. But batting average-wise, a guy that's going to hit a lot of singles, a guy that hopefully 
can put the ball in play when he needs to. As long as he can be professional out there and give you a big league at bat and play above average defense, that's a guy that's going to provide value to this team. There's definitely something to be said there. It just doesn't show in the box score. I mean, defensive stats are fickle anyway. I mean, to a lot of people, and they take a long time to really assess them as far as getting an accurate assessment of a player's skill set defensively. But yeah, you don't see that in the box scores. And that's why some players, they don't get the respect that they deserve when they are defensive first type players. But anyone seen Will Smith? That's from Dave Rubin. We got Strider here. You D-Mag. I hope to see some Will Smith catch some time for Kershaw. Yeah, I laid out the stats for you earlier. It absolutely should happen. Boomer Assassin DFA Thompson ASAP. What are you talking about? He just had the walk heard around the world last night. No, but uh, Diane Schroeder it was nothing but stupid that Will Smith wasn't in the game tonight. Yeah, I think all you guys are pretty upset about the fact that Will Smith wasn't in the game. But if he was in the game, who would be hosting the show? Now I'm just messing, guys. Um, Bruh. We got Ain't Nobody Got Time for uh, Keyshawn Preferences. We got Lakers in five from RJ. We got Jonathan Morin. Ain't Nobody Got Time for Kershaw. Anthony Keen. My man D-Mac rolling the R's like a pro. <laughs> hey, man, I practice this stuff. Uh, <laughs> we got uh, Lakers and Dodgers losing tonight. No bueno. Yeah, Mr. Seabat. Hopefully they can do what they did in 2020 and they both win the title. Also what they did in 1988. It'd be great to see that history repeating itself. It's all right. Tomorrow we take the series. So what I want to dive into to next is Walker Bueller. So Walker Bueller, he spoke to reporters today. He threw a bullpen session and he really offered some very telling and interesting nuggets. And the first thing I find very interesting is he was asked by a reporter about the tear, about the process, about the surgery. And he said, it wasn't another tear. I had kind of a piece of bone from an old kind of injury that broke off and went into my ligament. So they had to cut it out. Nothing tore again. So that was very interesting. I mean, something broke off and went into his ligament, and apparently there's a lot of calcium buildup. There's a lot of things that just kind of go around in that area that they had to clean up. And he said that Dr. Neil Elitrach, who he said is the best surgeon in the world, a guy who did his first Tommy John surgery, Elitrach told Walker Bueller that that was the best surgery he's ever did. Now, I don't know if he's just trying to gas him up, but Bueller said he took that to heart. And look, I mean, Walker Bueller is someone that you saw how he looked physically. If you go, if you saw it on Sportsnet on their Twitter, this is a guy that has added muscle to that frame. So he definitely has been using his time wisely. And if there's one guy out there that you can trust to make a speedy recover from Tommy John surgery, it's Walker Buehler. You also mentioned the fact that the fact that he's gone through this process before has helped him this second time around. And he said that he hopes to be back by September 1st. So September September 1st would be just a little over 12 months. He had the surgery on August 23rd. So you're talking about an injury that usually takes pitchers anywhere from 14 to 16 months to return. And Bueller, he thinks he can make it back by September 1st. He also had this to say, Bueller said, I think at some point there's throttling, but I feel really good. Some of the trainers want me to dial it back a little bit. That's just not how I operate. So that's another vote of confidence for Walker Bueller that I have because you're talking about someone that's feeling so good that the trainers are saying, slow down, buddy. Okay, slow down. But it's Walker F and Bueller, right? He wants to go out there and he wants to throw and 
that's just the kind of guy he is. He has fire in his belly. And he also said, I think the first one went really good. So my expectation is that this one will too. There's ups and downs to it. And having been through it before, those aren't as scary. The, oh my God, did I just blow it again? Thing isn't really a fear anymore. So you hear a lot of pitchers talk about, yes, sometimes your arm is healthy. Your arm is back to normal or close to where it was, but there's a mental component to it. Fighting through that. There's also a feel component. Another thing I found very interesting is Walker Buehler told reporters that he wasn't looking for the feel from six months ago. He was looking for the feel from 18 months ago. So he wants to go back to being 2020, 2021 Butane that was pumping 98, 99 miles per hour and was one of the best pitchers in the game versus last year when he told reporters he just did not feel the same. He didn't feel right all year, despite he was the only guy last year at the beginning of the season that was throwing a complete game. If you remember, he threw a complete game in Arizona. So, yeah, he finally said, I don't think anything has to happen that would tell me that it's not an achievable goal that is pitching by September 1st. Obviously, we've got a lot of talented players and a really good team, and I'm going to try to contribute any way I can. But for me, being a starting pitcher is my goal and the way that I think I can provide the most value. So hopefully everything's going good and my stuff's good and I can get people out again, then hopefully I can make some start so that is very encouraging look I don't care about tonight's loss if you tell me that Walker Buehler could return and look like the Buell dog the ace of the staff that he was in 2020 the guy that stepped onto the scene in 2018 and dominated in game three of the World Series so I think it's very encouraging. But a couple more comments here. We're going to let you guys enjoy the rest of your Tuesday night. Here we go. DMAC, where can I get a Dodgers Nation hat? Daniel Reyes. I'm actually working on those. So be on the lookout. I'll definitely keep it posting here. I'm getting a lot of requests for these hats. we got blue. we got gray. But definitely keep you posted. Uh, Code Red will be ready to go tomorrow. Yeah, give me your predictions for tomorrow. Will the Dodgers win? Jeremy, 499. DMAC, do you think Dodgers will let CT3 go in August trades? Saw this bobblehead promo was taken off of the 829 game. Interesting, Jeremy. First of all, comment of the, of the night. Presented by our friends over at Hornitos. Premium tequila, best tequila in the game. Please drink responsibly. So I don't think they're going to trade Chris Taylor because if you look at his contract, he's still in the second year of a four-year $60 million deal. I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams out there that are going to want to part ways with any type of talent that the Dodgers can use that can help them win this year. And I think Chris Taylor, too, he has gone things together for the most part. I mean, Chris Taylor, he, of course, is still striking out at a very high rate. We know that there's going to be peaks and valleys with his game. But if you look at his bat, yeah, tonight he didn't come through in that spot there in the seventh with the bases loaded. But he is four points below league average. So he has a 96 weighted runs created plus. So he's 4% below league average. He's seeing one. 196. So you want to see him pick it up offensively, but defensively, they're going to want that versatility from him, play the outfield spots, and hopefully he can catch fire when it matters most. But I just don't think there's a market out there for Chris Taylor. There's not a market out there for Trace Thompson, some of these other guys that some Dodger fans want to trade. And if you're the Dodgers, you're already eating all that Trevor Bauer money. You're not going to do it with Chris Taylor, right? I mean, and also think Andrew Friedman doesn't want that contract to go down as a bad signing. Also, too, he's a guy in the postseason. He's a gamer. You saw 
the big catch he made against the Brewers. You see the catches that he's made throughout his career, the walk-off home run against the Cardinals. So he's had some success in the postseason. So, But, yeah, guys, a couple more here. We're going to get you out. We got Otani, obviously, from Justin Lamas. We got this is the big question. Who would you guys want more, Urias or Otani? That's from DKM. DKM. I love who Urias, but Shohei Otani, come on now. But I think it's just a sign of both. How about that? Today was not a good day, Don Kim. That's a comment of the game. You win. Yeah, Ice Cube is not driving around as an Impala right now, right? Not a good day for L.A. But uh, D-Mac uses words like most people use hair products from David Sabatini. I miss Butane. Me too, Diane. We got Roy Estrada. I fully understand about the slump, but still frustrating as a fan. Have the right to call him out. Give him flowers when he is struggling. Justin Lamas over on YouTube. Bueller was terrible last year before going down with the injury. He pitched like the sticky stuck mer merchant, like he was reliant on sticky stuff. Look, the velocity was down. I mean, opponents were slugging over 600 on his four-seam fastball. They were hitting close to 400. So, really has to find the feel for that pitch. And I think also evolve. But the velocity was down. It just wasn't the same guy. And clearly, we know why. The guy had to undergo surgery. So, we'll see what a healthy Bueller looks like because he still is young. We got Paul Gutierrez. Dodgers going to start winning. Start a new winning streak tomorrow. Yeah, I love that one. That's a comment of the game over there from Paul Gutierrez. Yeah, let's start a new streak. I mean, streaks were meant to be broken, so you can start a new streak. But yep, guys, we got DMAC from Carnivorous Lunar Activity. What up, Carnivorous Lunar Activity? A Dodgers Nation post-game show day one. Always appreciate you rocking with us. Trace Outman season 2023. Will wasn't going to play anyway. He caught 13 innings. That's from Trace. Yeah, tonight, look, he caught 13 innings tonight. That's a great point. We pointed that out. I was pointing that out, too, is the fact that, look, I mean, Catchers are going to get their days off, especially coming off that game. But I think big picture, that's more the story. Big picture-wise, you have to factor in that, yes, J.D. Martinez, he is producing, but it is going to create a logjam. And there are going to be certain days where, yeah, I think the future is going to really bank on Will Smith, find a way to get in that lineup. And if you're going to use Austin Barnes and have Austin Barnes and Miguel Rojas in the same lineup and some of these other guys like Peralta, yeah, you don't have enough firepower, I think, if guys are struggling that have been performing early on in the year. But we got Nando 390, and also Will Smith definitely missed a lot of time too. So ready to go. Butane at the gym for sure. We got uh, Austin Barnes got to be the worst catcher in the league right now. It's from Nando 390. But that is going to do it for – we got uh, – Adrian Francisco, we'll get you on this one. Great point on Will Smith. I got a uh, hemorrhoid watching him catch it 12 innings. Not easy. Wow. Uh, ben Luna, D-Mac. More like uh, Rio D-Mac. Ben Luna. Okay. But thanks, guys, for rocking with us here on the Dodgers Nation post-game show. We'll hopefully be back with you guys tomorrow, a day game. So be sure to look out for us here on the Dodgers Nation post game show. If you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, definitely hit that subscribe button. Also hit that notification bell. We definitely want to see that as well. Tell your friends to subscribe to the channel. And my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas 
them home. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.